Welcome to Manage This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. Every two weeks, we get together to discuss what matters to you as a professional project manager. Whether it's how to get certified or how to create successful projects, we get input from leaders in the field and draw on their experience and accomplishments. I'm your host, Nick Walker. And with me are the in-house experts, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. And Andy, it is holiday time. It seems like every time I turn on the TV or, or, or the radio, I hear somebody talking about finding the perfect gift for that person on your list. And all the sleigh bells in the air that you can hear. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Have Has anybody else had an issue with really well-targeted ads coming at them Ooh. over the internet? Ooh. It's been alarming this year how well they figured out what's going on in my head. They so know Andy. They, they know what Andy wants. They that's know. That's they know correct. It before I know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got gifts that we want to talk about for that perfect uh, project manager on your list. Uh, I guess we want to answer the question, what's in your stocking. You know what, Nick? One of the things we're thinking about here, some of the project managers get to give a gift to themselves through some of this. So it's it's not so much that maybe you're buying these for somebody else, but maybe you're buying it for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Bill and I were talking about this as we were preparing for the podcast. You know, it's funny as we look at tools, as we look at technology, one of the things that really always resonates with me is the fact that it's the process underneath it that really matters. Mm. The technology just facilitates that process. Uh, when I started my career in project management, somebody handed me a copy of Microsoft Project and said, go and make a project plan. Nobody ever taught me how up to that point. Nobody taught me how to estimate, how to schedule, how to even think about uh, decomposing the work and uh, and putting the fences around the scope. And suddenly I was expected to make a project plan. So, so the idea is we're going to cover some tools. Mm-hmm. We're excited about this episode because this is a lot of fun. But at the same time, if you give somebody a better word processor, it doesn't make them a better writer mm-hmm. or a better communicator. Right. If you give somebody a better tool, it doesn't make them a better PM automatically. Mm-hmm. And uh, these things will just facilitate getting them there once the process is in place. And we get mesmerized by these new tools. Sometimes they're shiny. They are shiny and they come in nice boxes. Yeah, we get geeked out. We think this is the coolest thing ever. This is going to change how I do my job and make my life that much better. And dang, I just like every feature in it. I'm going to go deep and figure all this stuff out. And we lose, to Andy's point, we lose the big picture. What are we doing? How much time am I spending on the tool just for the sake of me enjoying the tool, or is yeah. the tool really, yeah. am I serving the tool or is the tool serving me? Hmm. So, so with we'll that, in, that mind, in mind, do you have any applications that uh, that are must-haves, some that you, you have to have that, uh, that you really can't do without? Yeah. We had fun reaching out to the community and asking other PMs, what resonates with you? What... If you were alone on an island and you had a project you had to manage, what tool would you want to have on your uh, last two hours of computer life, you know, for the battery dies? And uh, so we got some nice feedback from people, from uh, practitioners. We thought about our own experiences as well and did some uh, research just to, to see what's out there in the community. And uh, we have different categories that we'll go through. I think we'll start with the big stuff, kind of the uh, the, the scheduling and planning tools that most people are going to use on a daily basis as a project manager. Andy, what's what's the one that you've used most in your experience? You know, it has to be Microsoft Project. That's yeah. kind of the the gold standard out there. It's something that a lot of people are familiar with. 
It, um, it, it runs in different platforms on the cloud. Uh, you can have it installed on your desktop. It's a Windows-based application that just does heavy lifting for schedule development. Yeah. I know for uh, back early in my career at, here at Velociteach, we would uh, talk about integrating a work breakdown structure with Microsoft Project. And at first, that capability was kind of clunky and it wasn't there. And that through the different versions through the years, they've made that uh, very seamless as well. So that's an aspect that we like about that too. With Microsoft Project, you can integrate work breakdown structure. We talk a lot about in our classes when we're teaching, we talk about the ability to uh, assign work to individuals or team members, and they'd be able to track that back to the work breakdown structure, integrate that with Microsoft Project, and be able to really see if our estimates are accurate and if the uh, the resources are doing what they said they would do. So I have a trip scheduled to Redmond in the first quarter of next year. And one of the things I'm trying to do is get with uh, some of the people in the project team. Uh, I want to discuss a little philosophical issue I have with the way they do the WBS to schedule <laughs> transition. Okay. Uh, and just talk through a little bit about, hey, are there better ways to make that to make that turn? Because they make it in a rather unusual way. We won't, we won't get into the details of that, but maybe we'll have something fun to report in Q1. Excellent. Yeah. So, you know, another with Microsoft Project, many are probably going, what about Primo? Vera, you know, that's what we use. So I think we should mention those are really, we probably have two 900-pound gorillas in the room. And uh, I, I had a suggestion for Andy. Uh, Nick, I know you're probably a big fan of the epic rap battles that are on the internet. Epic you're- rap battles in history. <laughs> so uh, I think when Andy returns from Redmond, we need to have an epic rap battle with uh, Primavera and Microsoft Project. There you go. We'll, we'll do that. You know, Primavera, uh, has a really good customer base. A lot of people would argue that Primavera does better um, uh, ERP uh, integration. Mm, right. And so if you have a large ERP system, uh, SAP, um, some of those, uh, uh, Oracle, that Primavera ties in really nicely. I don't know if that's the case. I haven't dealt with it on that level, but that's one of the arguments people will make for it. You know, that's something that I've I've heard those complaints over and over and over, which is I have to maintain things in two or three different systems. I have to track time over here. I have to track my project and, and Microsoft Project or Primavera. And then I have to interface with the financials with ERP. And uh, yeah, so that's a, a constant complaint that I hear. I, unfortunately, I don't have an easy answer to that. I'd love to hear if somebody has opinions on that. So. There's one on your list that, that that I've used a lot for communication, and that's Basecamp. Huh. But yeah. uh, but there's there's a whole lot of things that Basecamp can do, right? Uh, specifically for the project manager. Basecamp yeah. started right here in Atlanta. It was incubated here in Atlanta, huh. um, so they've got a, a quite a history here. How about that? Yeah. And that is uh, when you look at at what is being used most common. What's the most common? Uh, Basecamp is right up there near the top. I it's see. a jack of all trades. It really is. And it's a simplified version. You know, you're not, if you can live without the complexity or the features and functionality of Microsoft Project or Primavera, Basecamp is one that bubbles towards the top. Uh, we see a lot of our partners using Basecamp. Matter of fact, this morning before uh, recording the podcast, I was on Basecamp mm-hmm. tracking some of the. Um, uh, issues that were up. Yeah, and I might suggest that Basecamp is a collaboration tool exactly. uh, more than just a scheduling right. type tool. 
Right. It's something that you can share files. It's something you can start discussion threads. It's something you can assign tasks, things like that, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different than Microsoft Project, which is a, a sort of a top-down view of the schedule right. um, and all the resources on it. Yep, that's a great distinction. And it brings up to me uh, a strength and a weakness with Basecamp, just from my own experience and, and from others, which is the threads. The thread capability is excellent. It's great if you have uh, an issue that's been assigned to or a task that's been assigned to someone and uh, they need some input from other team members so they can ask a question and easily uh, collaborate and and let people know, notify them uh, of the need for their input. However, here's one of my complaints. If you create a project in Microsoft or sorry, in Basecamp and then you have several activities or tasks that are in there, how do you prioritize or rank those? Right. And that's, you can do it. You can actually drag and drop to the top of the list, that kind of thing. But it's, it's, uh, as, as soon as you start to have multiple projects within Basecamp and trying to prioritize resources across those, it gets very difficult. Well, it gets difficult because it's not terribly actionable. So right. um, my opinion, and I know you share this, it's in the DNA of our company, is that a conversation is not necessarily an outcome. Right. Conversation or discussion is a discussion. Basecamp facilitates those discussions, but it doesn't really facilitate driving those to an outcome, right. a specific actionable uh, outcome. Yep. So is there another application that uh, that you would say maybe competes with uh, Basecamp or does some things better? It's funny, Nick. You know, we, we're big fans of Asana. We've used it a lot here. So Asana is, um, it started out as just purely a task uh, assignment, task management component. Um, they have evolved quite a bit to do a lot more than that. But Asana is this idea uh, of being able to create tasks, assign them to team members, uh, facilitate discussion on them, set due dates, things like that. And it's powerful. Uh, I've used it very heavily. I like Asana. Of course, it, it, like many things, has mobile components and has desktop versions, and you can use it on your iPad or your Android device. But the real thing I like about Asana is it keeps things from falling off uh, uh, into a black hole. Mm-hmm. Asana keeps things up in front that need to be up front, that need to be prioritized. It keeps things front and center. And this is, this is again, now, if you don't have a good process for delegating, then Asana is not going to do a lot of good. It's just a list tool that keeps a list in front of somebody and a piece of paper would do just as well. But delegating is an art. You know, this idea of breaking something down to the point, training people, setting expectations properly, uh, letting them know in what priority, where this sits in the priority chain, etc. Asana really can help once you've done those things. There are a lot of uh, uh, other applications on your list here, uh, Bill, that I'm not familiar with at all. Um, are, are these must-haves or are they uh, optional? Do they do specific things well? Yeah, these are, these are I, would, I would say these are all within this family. And uh, we've talked at length or a, a bit about Basecamp and about Asana. Uh, there are others, uh, Liquid Planner, Trello, Rike, Workfront, Team Gantt. Uh, these are, are some different tools that people have um, had a lot of success with. 
Um, Andy, do you have any opinions on this this other list? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, Liquid Planner is somebody I've worked with before. Um, I haven't worked for the organization, but I've uh, collaborated with them many times. They uh, they have an interesting take on estimating, and so they do this uh, heavily factor in this three point estimate sense. Instead, okay. of, that, that nobody knows exactly how long uh, an effort based task is going to take. Right. And so instead, you have pessimistic, optimistic, realistic, and of course we know the formula of P plus 4R plus O divided by 6 for a weighted average. Mm -hmm. Uh, Liquid Planner takes the heavy lifting of that and really does a great job with that to build uh, a a schedule that factors in risk a lot better than some schedules I've seen. It's a nice tool. It's web-based. They continue to evolve it. They're making big inroads right now into the manufacturing world of project management. Trello, I I believe, is uh, is an instant messaging app, isn't it? No, I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Slack. Okay. Exactly. I'm thinking of Slack. And so we'll save that because we get to that later. No, I'm not familiar with with, uh, Trello myself. So it'd be something I want to look at. Yeah, so Nick, there are a lot of different tools that are very similar. You know, you go to the hardware store and you're you're looking at <laughs> drills and you're thinking, Okay, I want a I want a powerful drill for Christmas. And there's so many choices, you know, yeah, what do I go yeah, with? Yeah. So in a similar way, we've found that um, many project managers are passionate about the scheduling and planning or, or task assigning software they use. These are, are really the, the tops. These are the ones that are most popular. Uh, I think for many, my advice to is, as it is with many of these categories, is I think the PM should try one, talk with friends, talk with colleagues, see what their opinions are. Try one. Most of these have a trial period and uh, see what resonates with them and their team. Now, some of these, are they specifically for, uh, for project management, um, or, or perhaps would they have been used elsewhere in other applications? Yeah, I would say um, these, we started out with the, the two tools that are really for project managers. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put on your big boy pants, your big, big girl <laughs> pants as a PM, you're probably going to be using Microsoft Project or sure. Primavera. Uh, however, there are other tools that are uh, that are lighter weight and and don't uh, honestly they don't cost as much either. Right. Uh, and and some of those can be used by project managers or even by you know other people in the community. You know what's funny, Bill? I um, was doing some work the other day around the house, and I have a Leatherman tool and a mm-hmm. Leatherman Wave, I think it is, and it's mm-hmm. got you know twenty five different tools on it. Right. It is really useful to have that on your hip, but none of those tools in that Leatherman are as good, perhaps, I would argue, as a dedicated standalone version. Yes. So yes. the the knife on it, well, you know what, I've got a better knife when I really need to cut something. There's a saw on it, but it's a really small saw. So mm-hmm. I, if I really need to, to do heavy-duty sawing, I've got a better tool, right. the screwdriver. Same thing for each of those. Right. Now, But it's so useful to have this all-in-one tool. So that's kind of the way that Microsoft Project and Primavera are, a lot of these tools, though, will do specific tasks extremely well mm-hmm. that we've covered in yep. here. Yeah. So when it gets down to one particular thing, they're going to do it great. Are we talking a lot of money here? I, I, I mean, it's like <laughs> if you start collecting all of these, uh, you know, I, I, is it cost effective to have all of this? I'm yeah. sure that Microsoft doesn't charge much at all for an enterprise license <laughs> for Microsoft. They practically <laughs> give it away. <laughs> Some of them are. 
Um, yeah. Some of them are expensive. Some of them, there is no model to pay for them. Some of these are free right mm-hmm. now. And what they're trying to do is get market share and get eyes sure. and um, then figure out, much like Twitter's trying to figure out, okay, how do we make money at this? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, Nick, I think one practical piece of advice for listeners is uh, many times their organization will have system licenses that they're not even aware of. And uh, there are a number of tools, a lot of software. Before you go and, and whip out the company credit card or your personal credit card, I would always ask my manager first, hey, do we happen to have mm-hmm. access to this? Uh, do we have a, a corporate account, so to speak? And um, you may be surprised. Andy, you mentioned Slack. Let's talk a little bit about communication tools. Uh, that's one I'm not familiar with. Uh, Skype, I've used that a lot. You know, uh, w- What others uh, are we talking about that work specifically well for project management? I've messed with Slack before I've used it. Now, this is an, this is an interesting thing. We, um, let, me, let me explain philosophically around this. We at Velocity took all the walls and all the offices down a few years ago. Uh, and we literally. It, no, no, quite literally. We made it a collaborative space, and everybody sits in the open. Uh, from the top to the bottom, everybody in the company sits out in the open. So that creates this sort of osmotic communication environment where you hear what's going on, and you're aware of the different groups around, and, uh, and we try and mix it up. So the idea, uh, now fortunately, we have one main office and, you know, several distributed areas. Uh, But if you're trying to collaborate across office boundaries, suppose that you're in an office environment that does have walls, suppose that you're in a distributed and some of your people are are in your city and some are somewhere else, then you can set up these communication channels. So Slack does that really well. It's setting up communication channels to foster communication. You have threads of communication going by. I have a friend who's a mortgage banker. He's got 19 offices across the Southeast. They use this tool Mm. just to have a communication thread going through it. There's another one uh, that I was more familiar with before called Jabber, I believe, or maybe I'm thinking of Yammer. Um, and uh, it was a tool that was meant to be like Twitter except for Twitter. intranets. So it's supposed okay. to be mm-hmm. internal company networks so that you could, you and I could talk about what we're working on, talk about where we are. And it's just sort of a common, uh, a, a common thread of communication. One more comment with this, you know, in the early days of Facebook, it was said that what, what Facebook's value add, and again, this was years and years ago, was that it created this ambient awareness. Mm. You knew what was more or less going on in everybody's life. You could see this thread. um, And uh, then it became fun and a wonderful tool to discuss politics on. But but for for project management, it's a nice thing uh, that some organizations set this up. And then people just talk about what they're working on and talk about their different pro- uh, progress with Slack or uh, or uh, Yammer. Uh, they can do these things. And then people just kind of see that creates an ambient awareness of what's going on. Hmm. One of the things that one of the values that I see in instant messaging and this collaboration, these this set of collaboration tools is it removes some of the back and forth, the ping pong that we do with email and uh, gives you an instant response. It keeps that inbox in your email. Maybe it cuts down (laughs) on some. We hope so. But then, you know, on the flip side, some of the the ways that I uh, quickly type a message in Skype or Slack, uh, I don't want to do that in an email. So I have to kind of discipline myself. And and I think our, our teams have to know the difference. And if I'm sending an email to a customer, 
versus sending a, a quick message to Andy. It needs to be right. in a different tone and, yes, and maybe yes. think about grammar or spelling or <laughs> abbreviations a bit more. Hey, Bill, can I just brag for one second and let you know that this morning I started out my day with zero emails in my wow. inbox. It was Whoa. clean. And it wasn't that I just went and purged. They were all dealt with and processed and organized. And wow. I get as much email as many of you listeners. So it's not, uh, it is an attainable goal. That's amazing. It's a good day for Andy when that happens. I notice uh, Outlook is not on our tools. We'll get there. What, what other uh, messaging tools do you, do you think would be? Yeah, I, uh, one of the uh, responses I got back from a, a listener to the podcast was there, that person was a big fan of Discord. So Slack, Skype, uh, Discord is another. Uh, HipChat is another. Uh, so there are a number of um, instant messaging tools or, or collaboration tools. Let me just say this one thing about Skype. I mean, Skype is free. How can I complain, right? You sure. get what you yeah, pay for yeah. sometimes. Uh, my problem with Skype is it's a memory hog. Huh. Uh, uh, I have, you know, I'll, I'll, of course, it updates frequently and you know, I'll get over that. That's fine. But when I, whenever, I, when I upgraded from one laptop to another, the issue really went away. But with an older laptop... I had uh, I was having some performance issues, and I'd bring up the uh, uh, just the uh, the tool to be able to see what's eating my memory, what's going on. And when you're looking at the background processes, Skype was near the top. Man, yeah, I'd have to throw yeah, the flag. Yeah. So. And, and I'm concerned too about security. I right? Mean, are are there anything uh, with these communication tools that we have to be concerned about? Because sometimes we're dealing with pretty sensitive information. You know what, Nick? Security is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, it runs through everything in here, and network security and security in general. So yes, it's something we need to be concerned with. That said, there's no easy answer. It's a very mm -hmm. complicated topic for any of these. So I don't know that Skype is less secure. I don't right. know that uh, Microsoft Project would be more secure. It really depends on, uh, depends on the configuration of your network and who's out to get in. Yeah, with you bringing that up, I want to jump into a couple of tools that I rely on a good bit, but I understand why many organizations are not. Mm -hmm. um, the um, I use Google Documents quite a bit uh, internally. Sure. I use Google Drive. Yeah. I use Dropbox a good bit. And uh, in some cases where I'm doing projects with external vendors, that's completely fine. In other cases, it's not. Well, and so this is, this is funny to Nick's point. Are those secure? Is right. Google Drive secure? Well, not if somebody has your user ID and password. Exactly. Um, not if somebody, not if you don't have two-factor authentication right. turned on. And there are even issues with that. Mm -hmm. So it's it really is a weird space right now. Dropbox has been successfully compromised in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a tricky area. It is. So I think the um, there are excellent free tools that are out there. For project managers, the PM has to be wise and think about, okay, where can I, can I even use this? Is there a clear policy in my organization that says, no, I cannot use Dropbox, I can't use Google Drive, or am I allowed to, but only in certain circumstances? And I know everybody in the world uses Dropbox or OneDrive or something mm -hmm. similar, some uh, synchronization, but wow, what an amazing mm. tool that has uh, been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. On the issue of issue tracking. Huh. Uh, you've got this category here. What uh, what do you have that uh, might be appropriate for the project manager? Yeah, issue tracking is is something very close to to my when I think about a project manager, 
and I think about the day-to-day activities of a PM, issue tracking is something that is just a part of the the daily rhythm for a PM. And uh, Andy, it's funny. I'm going to show how old I am now. I the issue tracking that I did was with Excel, Microsoft Excel. Oh, That's, I still use that sometimes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So <laughs> create you know, an that, issue log. Sure, it works great, and we we actually give out templates just to uh, uh, to let people know. But the reason it works great is you've got a process behind it. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent point. So there's some other other tools out there for uh, for tracking issue. It's interesting. I, I had another responder say we use we actually use Salesforce. We use Salesforce. Salesforce has a lot of capabilities, and uh, they have a Quip, Q-U-I-P. They have Quip, which allows you to track issues there. So they've had a lot of success. This uh, listener had a lot of success using that. The whole um, category of testing and version control, you've got several on your list here that, uh, that you like. Is this, is this an, an endorsement of these? Or, uh? <laughs> nah, yeah, well, even on issue tracking, there, there are a number, you know, if you go back and think about, I mean, there are a number, let me just run off sure. a quick list here because there, there's so many different ones. And I, I know we're going we're gonna to get pounded for those that we exclude. That's <laughs> okay. That's you know what? We're, we're, we'll yeah. do another, uh, another one of these exactly. next year. There's, uh, there's Bugzilla, there's Track, there's Mantis, uh, Redmine, Launchpad, GitHub issues. There, there are a number of different tools that people have responded to us and say, mm-hmm. this is what I use for issue tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there are a lot of, uh, and I'm sure Andy can relate to this, there, there are a number of engagements that I worked on where there was a custom uh, internal tool that was created uh, for issue tracking. Where uh, you can open a ticket, yep. uh, assign it to somebody, mm-hmm. adjudicate it. That You know what the really important point here, Nick, is that this is not inside somebody's head and it's not on one piece of paper at the bottom of a pile on somebody's desk. It's The, the good thing about these tools is it creates transparency and visibility. Right. Stakeholders need to know that they have the ability to, to issue a, a ticket or open a, uh, an issue of some kind and that it'll mm. stay on the plate and that it'll be taken seriously. And then right. they can log back in and see what uh, what the status of that is. That's, That's the real value here. I think all of these, I've used GitHub before, um, and I've used, I believe, Bugzilla before. And, uh, you know, all of them uh, offer a similar feature set. You can kind of mm-hmm. get carried away with the number of embellishments that you add to it. But really mm-hmm. what you want is the ability to describe an issue adequately, to assign it to somebody, and to see what the status of it is, and to keep it open, closed, et cetera. Right. And, Nick, I, I kind of uh, veered off. You'd, you'd ask the question, the same type of question on uh, testing and version control. Sure. And I think what Andy just mentioned is really the key. It's it's uh it's transparency and it's open communication with with issues and with testing and version control. So testing and version control is a little bit different. I mean, now we're talking more about internal team communication, maybe across teams that are working, that are touching the same platform, uh, adding different capabilities to it. But uh, there's this need both to, to understand what other team members are doing, what other project teams are doing. And the impact that you're going to have when I check this code out and I start making changes to it is somebody else doing the same thing, right? <laughs> so, what programs are in your stocking for that? Yeah, um, there are several. Uh, there's a lot of open source freeware out there. Uh, that's true across the board. But there's one that's uh, universal here uh, that uh, is Git. Uh, there's Bitbucket. Uh, I had another responder talk about Jenkins and the use of Jenkins. Again, Salesforce comes up. 
And uh, I've seen, again, hardcore Microsoft Excel being yeah, used. Yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> that's um, really tough. Yeah. Yeah, you know, GitHub uh, does some of this as well uh, mm-hmm. as part of their core functionality. I wonder if there's anybody listening to this podcast who goes back far enough to remember the application called Delta, which was huh. a check-in, check-out server. Right. Uh, you would check code out. You would make modifications. You'd check it back in to do mm-hmm. a build. And then Microsoft eventually bought them, and it got rolled up into something else. But I wonder if people remember that. It's a long time ago, going yeah. way back. But this idea of check-out, check-in – now, the reason it's so important, Nick, uh, one of the things that we pay attention to, you think about the number of versions. And for instance, just just let's take something that everybody's familiar with, their cell phone. you got a smartphone, and you need to put a new operating system on it, except there's not just one version of that smartphone. <laughs> right. There's multiple. I was updating a router the other day, one of the little home routers, and there were three different hardware versions, and you have to turn it over and figure uh-huh. out which hardware version you have before you can even update it for the same model. So mm. think about the number of different versions of that smartphone that this operating system has to work on mm-hmm. and the amount of testing. And now uh, you have to load it. You have to make sure it installs properly. Then you have to regression test all of these apps to see what it's going to break. Right. It's going to break something when you make changes. This is a good way of keeping that whole process organized and sane. Right. Yeah, Nick, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give one specific website for people to go check out. Uh, Atlassian is a company that that gets a lot of credit for many yeah. of these products that we've been mentioning. And uh, I'll spell that out. It's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. We'll also link that in the show notes. I know there's probably a lot of folks out there who are saying, you didn't mention my favorite right. one. <laughs> Do we have any audible mentions? I mean, like I'm saying, okay, where's Google Drive in, in all this? That's a, Yeah, yeah. again, there, there are a number that we could go to. I had uh, I, There's some random ones, some miscellaneous things that I'll, I'll just mention. I thought this was clever. I had one person respond to me and say, you know, I have to – I like to use videos as part of my updates uh, to – uh, to, sh- to quickly demonstrate ha- the progress we've made on the thing that our project is producing, for instance. Let me just shoot a quick video and get it out to my stakeholders and let them see where things stand. And uh, But, you know, I mean, you're in that business. Mm-hmm. It's complex. Yeah. So how can somebody simply quickly edit a video? So there are many tools out there to do that. Camtasia was this, this guy's favorite. Uh, I know there are a number of even some freeware that uh, that's available for editing video quickly and uh, posting it where people can view that. You know what? It's funny. I'm seeing video become more and more important to project managers mm-hmm. as well. That may be a future podcast episode where we unpack that some. Well, chances are that, uh, you know, you have a project manager on your Christmas list. Bill's given us his Christmas list here. So, uh, so, so thank you. <laughs> a big stock. It's donut. very thorough. <laughs> I, I can never think of things. You know, my kids ask me what, what I want for Christmas. I, I can never think of anything. You've thought of a whole lot of things here. So um, if you miss any of these tools on our list, you can simply look at the transcript of the program right on the Manage This podcast page. Just click on the words episode details under episode 24. You know, another thought, Nick, I want to hit that drum again that Andy hit right at the beginning of the podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is so important that we remember the tools are the tools, right? And uh, You still better know what you're doing and have your process in place. You got to know what you're doing. So we we love fun, shiny, brand new tools. But keep in mind, you are a project manager and you should be able to do this with no tools at all, right? These will just hopefully make your days shorter 
and uh, and improve your efic- efficiency. I've got a really great miter saw at home, but that does not make me a good carpenter. <laughs> That's right. I've got a lot of tools uh, there on the wall that haven't been used in years. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy, Bill, again, thank you so much for your expertise in all of this. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on January 3rd for our next podcast. You can always visit us at velociteach.com slash manage this to subscribe to this podcast, to see a transcript of the show, or to contact us. And tweet us at manage underscore this if you have a comment about our podcast or a question for our experts. That's all for this episode. Talk to you again in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, happy holidays. Keep calm and manage this. <laughs>